What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, beautiful boys and girls of the world. It is Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and it is your place for the unfiltered experience where we have unfiltered conversations designed to move your confidence and your perspective forward so you can have an amazing life. And I am Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, and I am joined, of course, by my beautiful, awesome friend and brother, Scott Goyette. Scott Goyette, what's going on, Austin? What's going on, Mr. Austin? Living this purpose-filled life, just like you, brother. Yeah, purpose filled every day in every way. You got to do. I got to live that legacy right now in case you don't have tomorrow. And all we have is the present moment. That's why it's called the gift. Mm-hmm. Right. Ah, present moment. I love it. I love it. Uh, so what's <laughs> going on in your world, man? Uh, it's all beautiful. Um, you know, I I love the challenges of life. You know, the days that you you don't feel perfect, but you still show up. Like I've been preaching that all week. We had a beautiful breath work uh, circle at my house and had a bunch of people come over. And I definitely felt under the weather, but I know how this game works. You can cancel that and then say, man, I let people down or you can invite them into your house, make sure you're not doing the hugs and you know, their energy will lift you up. And so all those people just having this breakthrough experience in this beautiful moment, I mean, nothing like it. And they're helping me remember that I am healthy. Little stuff gets you down for a moment, but it's just a moment. So I'm feeling good, brother. It is. It is. It's beautiful. Yeah. No, I'm good. Actually, yesterday, it's funny you mentioned that yesterday, I had a, a day where it was just kind of funky. I just didn't feel connected. I didn't feel on purpose, just kind of felt weird. My energy was off and it was frustrating me at first, but then I decided, what can I learn from this? What can I take from this experience? Just put my head down, just focus on what's most important. Be grateful for my health, my family, my opportunities, this beautiful world, technology. And uh, woke up this morning feeling better. So it was just like, it was just like those momentary ebbs and flows of life that I think we need to take notice to and take heart to, to discover what in our life potentially we can change because we never knew exactly who we are as we continue to grow older. And that's what we're going to be talking about here tonight. 100% man. And you know, we say it again and again and again, and I know it gets annoying, but what you focus on becomes your reality. And sure. so I can sit here and say, you know, I just can't show up today. And once you say I can't once, that can be a very addictive thing to start to cling on to and attach to. So I say I can, I can, I can. And the beautiful human being who's going to be our guest today says I can so much. She actually scares me a little bit. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, typically I'm the I can person. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know. I think she might I out oh, I can't me. Um, but I want to talk about the idea of purpose because we've had some beautiful guests on our show and we've talking about trying to figure out who am I? What's that I am statement? I am what? And one of the things that I always ask people to consider when you're thinking of your I am statements, a final I am statement, can you say that I am creator? I am divine, recognizing the divine within. Um, I am deeply connected to this world. I am this world. I am part of this world. This person would have no problem saying yes to those because she recognizes the importance of that deep connection, that you have brilliance, you have abilities to share with this world and make it a better place. And that purpose is easily seen with this young lady. Without further ado, I would like to have our beautiful friend back on this show, Mitzi Perdue. Mitzi Perdue, welcome to the Unfiltered Experience. How are you doing, darling? Well, I'm so glad to be on. I don't know what to do with myself. And I love the the I am approach. Hmm. Uh, I'm I'm bursting to share with you my answer. I want it. I want it right now. I'm not waiting. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit influenced by Mother Teresa who said that the good that we can do, we must do. And here's my I am. I am, I hope and pray, 
a force for good. Ooh, I like that. I told you I was bursting to share it. Mic drop, mic drop. I like it. Okay, we can go home now. (laughs) I think there's more though. I I love that. So Mitzi, so so I love it. And, and you know, we we can play semantics with words. You know, I'm always talking all about love, you know, a force for good. The fact that we're creating impact, all three of us, and the fact that we've made a decision to do what we see as being the light, being that force for good. Like we're always trying, we're always growing. Our mistakes don't stop us. There's awareness. We move forward. We we do better. And I know there's a lot of people out in this world people in this world right now who are feeling kind of lost and not sure what their purpose is. And we see mental health issues because of that. We see shootings, we see more war, we see all of these issues that are symptoms of lack of purpose. So talk about what you're doing right now, because you know you're a force for good. How are you using that? What are you doing with that? And what can you tell others? You know, maybe they could help you be a force for good. Mm. Well, allow me to tell it in the form of a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, last August, I had written a story. I, I write a blog for Psychology Today, and it's on human trafficking. I'd written a story after interviewing a guy from Ukraine about the problem of human trafficking on the border between Poland and Ukraine. Because mm-hmm. the problem is human traffickers, they're just drawn to areas where people are vulnerable. And I've even heard estimates that as many as half a million women have been taken at the border and human trafficked, or if they're not, if they're not suitable for trafficking, they get them for their organs. I mean, oh my God. No, it's as evil as as I think exists. Well, I wrote a, a story on human trafficking after interviewing this guy from Odessa about what he had seen. And then You know, it's just mysterious how the world works. But within a few days of the article being published, it made its way to the chief of police, General Nebitov, for the Kyiv region. And Kyiv region is huge. There are 6,400 police under him. Anyway, General Nebitov had written his master's thesis on human trafficking. And because, yeah, because the title of, of my story was trafficking in Ukraine, it came to his attention. And pretty soon, I'm invited on a Zoom call with General Nebitov. No way. Yeah, and here I'm sitting with, you know, visiting my sister um, in in Dublin, New Hampshire. I'm getting this phone call from Kiev, and it's General Nebitov inviting me to come see for myself as the guest of, of the Kiev region police to see in person, what I had written about. Wow. Um, and so um, I'm 81 at the time, 82 now. At 81, I get on a plane and I end up in Kiev. And my first night there, there was an air raid and I spend it in a bomb shelter. And, and I, I would make a guess that of the 21 articles that I've written and had published since then, that was my first trip. There was a second trip in December. I would say that a quarter of them, the interviews were done in bomb shelters during attacks. So I get to be an 81 year old war correspondent. Cool. Wow, That's awesome. I think so. But well, I shouldn't say I I should be more modest and, and 
not admit that I think it's great, but we're all friends, so I'll admit, yeah, I'm really pleased that it, it worked out that way. Well, while I was there, I got to to see so many things where an individual might be able to make a difference. And I inherited, or it was given to me, a very large near-perfect emerald that's extraordinarily historic. It came from the sunken treasure ship Atocha. It sank in, the, the treasure ship sank in 1622. Whoa. And my beloved late husband, Frank Perdue, was one of the financial backers of it. You know, if you've ever had Purdue chicken, would you guess that Frank Purdue himself loved treasure hunting? <laughs> Not in a million years. Well, he, he he got one of his rewards for being the financial backer of it was it's very large to find a perfect emerald. I, I'm trying to say it's very rare to find a perfect emerald. A perfect emerald, they're rare because most emeralds have little like fissures and cracks and things in them. Well, this emerald, it was my engagement ring, actually. But Frank was the most philanthropic person I ever knew. And he's been gone 17 years. I was certain that he would endorse use instead of having this beautiful object kept in the safe because I didn't wear it after he died because I was always afraid, you know, if, if I lost it or if, I, if it cracked, I would be destroying or I'd be responsible for a priceless artifact not being around anymore. So for 17 years, it was in the safe. When I got back from Ukraine, it occurred to me, you know, this thing is valuable. I could sell it to provide like a woman's shelter at the border to help prevent or, well, to prevent human trafficking. Or there were, you know, there's so many uses for it. Uh, I went to Sotheby's and offered to auction it. On December 7th, they sold it for $1.2 million. Wow. Whoa. Every penny of which goes for humanitarian help for Ukraine. That is amazing. That and is, so we were talking about being purpose. the light. Yeah, we were talking about how to, how to lead by example and be the light. Not everybody has a ring that's valued at $1.4 million, but we've got something. Like my friends just the other day, just to give you an example, they're moving. And they called me, which um, I feel like I'm the person who gets these calls because I have other connections, whatever. But they called me and said, you know, where are we supposed to just drop our clothes off? And there's a safe house here in Austin for people, not just females, but anybody who's been abused in a relationship who needs clothing, whatever. So even all these little interceptions of things like that mm -hmm. to help people take one step further to better themselves, whether it's a, a home and a border or some clothing for people who don't have it. We all have the potential to do that. And I, I hope people heard that loud and clear and they're going to look where they can do something to make a difference. Yeah, because the good feeling you got afterwards. Uh, I mean, I gave away my most precious possession, but I also mm -hmm. think, you know, other, other than being a mother and a wife, there's nothing that's been more satisfying to me than to know that I was able to seriously make a difference. Uh, some, of the, some of the uses that that money went for I, I don't know how many people know about this. Maybe our audience knows, maybe it doesn't. But here's here's something that was going on, and I got to see it firsthand up close and personal. The Russians wanted to demoralize the, the Ukrainian people, and one of the ways of doing that was to destroy power stations. 
And I personally, I wanted to see a power station. So they took to me to see one that, that provides electricity for a third of the city of Kiev. I was there. They explained to me how they used sandbags to prevent the, um, the missiles that were raining down on it, but that it's very difficult for the Ukrainians to, to protect a power station because they were built during the time of the Russian occupation. Wow. Which means that the Russians have the plans for all of these things. And they know exactly where the most vulnerable place is. Well, so I got to see one of these power stations. And the next day, that was one of the power stations that was attacked. And since no. they knew exactly how to cause most damage, a third of Kiev was uh, had, had no heat, no water. And uh, some of the money from, from the sale of my, of my emerald ring went to provide generators. Wow. Uh, and that happens to be terribly important because the generators, you know, some were like personal, but some were larger and that end up in places where, where the community could use it. Mm, like for powering your, your cell phone or your iPad, because I, I got to, I didn't totally experience this, but I was close enough to people who did that. I, I, I kind of feel I've got an empathy for what they went through. For one thing, I experienced being cold. It was 20 degrees. And good Lord, um, being at 20 degrees without heat, this was in the this was at Christmas time, so that there were like 15 hours of darkness a day because you Kiev is far enough north that you know the the time of daylight is very short on December 21st. So it's cold. And then when you can't use your iPad or your iPhone to communicate with anybody and the electricity's out. And by the way, that also means no cooking. That means if you're on the 21st floor, which a friend of mine was. Oh, my God. Uh, the toilets won't flush. It's, uh, you know, it's the, the amount of, of misery that the Russians were willing to inflict on the Ukrainians. I mean, I'm a Christian woman, but boy, was I not feeling... I mean, if I could do something bad to Mr. Putin, I surely would. <laughs> it's totally understandable. Oh, but, but, but. Let me tell you everything that the, that the that my ring was used for. That, and when I go to Ukraine next month, I'll get to see this. It's the the Russians destroyed everything that they could of the police. That that like bomb police stations, destroy communications, destroy police cars. Uh, they, and they did that. It's they, the Russians, since the, uh, since the Russian Federation began in 1992, after the fall of the Soviet Union, they've invaded eight, they've been in eight wars invading countries. Wow. And, uh, Jesus. yeah, I, I didn't know that, but from 1992 to today, there's only been four years that the Russians haven't been actively invading someone somewhere. That's and, amazing. Yeah, I, I wish that story were more widely known, but anybody who wants to find out, just Google it. Uh, and you'll see, I mean, you can just list off these different countries that, they, that they've invaded. <clears throat> and I'm counting Ukraine twice because they invaded once in 2014 and then once in 2022. Uh they're, they have a playbook. Every country they invade, they do the following. They go after the police. And you might wonder why. 
And the answer is to demoralize people. Because if, if, if you're the Russians and you empty the prisons and the bad guys are let loose, you know, they're, they're stealing, raping, murdering, just you can't call the police because the police, if, if it's in an area where the Russians have invaded, uh, their police station has probably been bombed, the cars destroyed, the communications destroyed. And I, it just multiplies the feeling of vulnerability that, that you, know, you feel terrible that your country's being invaded, and then you feel even more terrible because everything that sort of makes civilization possible goes away when, when the, the prisons are emptied and, and the police are, are destroyed. Like, they, they get lists of, of who the police are, They'll, they'll, they'll pick up random people and torture them like in, they, they did this in Bucha. They'll torture people until they'll say, who are the police? Who are the leaders of, of this town? Uh, and if you don't do it, I'm going to kill you. And in some cases they did. Uh, so they, then they know who the police are and they hunt them down and kill them. Wow. So I, I want to ask a quick question without getting like super political because I don't think politics ever gets us in a good direction. But... I want to ask a high level, you know, overview question. You'll see a big debate on who's right and wrong, whether between Russia and Ukraine, and it gets hyper political in our country. And I know you and I, Mitzi, don't sit and get a deep alignment to politics. Like, I, I bet it's issue by issue with us. Yes. But a, a lot of people have had that, you know, well, Zelensky's this, Zelensky's that. And, you know, I, I listen to that from some of my friends in a certain part of the political spectrum. Um, what's your take on that? Because I almost feel like what's happening is, so we want to paint a picture of one person bad, but what that does is it makes us miss the whole point of what's happening. So I want to hear your high level take on, our, should we be supporting the Ukraine? And then the deep dive on the details that you're starting to explain so we can see what's really going on there. Okay, because I do want to get uh, back to the police and how their infrastructure was Perfect. destroyed, but I'm ecstatic to talk about Zelensky. Okay. I'm friendly with people at the Internet, the Institute for World Politics who, who study these things. And I'm not sure I've got the right figure, but I've heard that the Russians spend a billion dollars a year on propaganda. Mm, and wow. what benefits them more than dividing the support for Ukraine? And one of the best ways to do it is to talk about how horrible Zelensky is. But I can tell you, here's conversations that I've had. Uh, Zelensky, poss well, not possibly, he was controversial before the invasion. I, I talked with one person who was mad enough at him in the past that, uh, that he thought that Zelensky should just leave the country. But wow. he said that he has so much admiration for his courage, his ability to communicate, his willingness to go all over the world and persuade people that uh, if, uh, now he's being hyperbolic, don't take this literally, sure. but that if, if Zelensky were a Pope, that he would be his vicar. Nah. <laughs> that that, the, that the, the amount of good that Zelensky does, whatever his flaws were, and uh, I'm ready to entertain the thought that, yeah, maybe he did have some flaws, but uh, are we all friends and I can use an indelicate expression? Of course. That he has balls of steel. 
Let's, I see that too. That's what I, that's what I feel. That's what I feel. Yeah, and I'll I'll give you an example. Uh, Bahmut, which recently fell, alas, uh, he he goes there somewhat regularly to give out medals, and you know he's 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 in the line of fire, and he still does it just to inspire, and. You know, he's somebody who every single day, and I, I watch a lot of these, I'm trying to learn Ukrainian, every single day he'll talk to the people of Ukraine, sort of like Churchill's fireside chat, but yeah. he'll tell with, with just enormously moving facts and, and illustrations what's going on right now. And, you know, I think, I think a leader like that is in the Churchill category. And by the way, Churchill, we all, I hope we all love and admire Churchill, but he sure had some flaws. Don't we all? Human beings. Um, so, so Zelensky, uh, or, you know, even King David wasn't perfect, but but what a great leader. And so my, my view of Zelensky is, let, let me tell you what, what I know that Russian propaganda is trying to convince people of, uh, that Zelensky's a horrible person, uh, that that it's going to be a forever war, that it will be our Afghanistan, that the money we spend uh, is going to be to buy stuff that will end up on eBay in Turkey. Yeah. Uh, that this, they, these are their talking points. So my view is that anybody who is uh, really saying we shouldn't support Zelensky, they've listened to Russian propaganda, which in my opinion is amazingly effective. I mean, yeah. the, so, I mean, I, th I, I do think Zelensky's up there with Churchill, and I don't ask Churchill to be perfect. I don't ask Zelensky to be perfect. But oh. I do ask Zelensky be somebody who can inspire people, give them backbone, point out in, in very beautiful, almost poetic, evocative, I know this by translation, uh, words, why they're struggling and why they're fighting and they're, they're fighting for their children and, and for their country, for their identity. One of the points that, that Zelensky makes is when, for example, Hitler conquered France, Hitler didn't try to erase all their statues, didn't try to um, destroy their history. Uh, uh, Putin is trying to do that to to Ukraine. He's he's simply trying to erase their identity, you know, their folk songs, their statues, their literature, their language. They, the the evil of, of Putin just stretches beyond my ability to comprehend, and it makes me actually more religious than I've ever been because <laughs> I feel that I've watched evil at work. You I mean, have. What, how, what kind of person? When it's 20 degrees outside, destroys the power stations. Somebody who's not a force for good. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no. And actually, I want to go back to that for a second. I want to go back to that because I love your I am statement, Mitzi. And, and the fact that you've already shared with us that you're 82 years young means that you have lived an, an, uh, an enormous life, an amazing life. You've seen all sorts of different things. And for you to come to that I am statement, talk to us about the journey of Mitzi to be able to come and be able to say that I am statement now in your life. What can we do on top of that to inspire other people to see that it's about the greater good of what we can do with our time here on earth, uh, yes, as opposed to the things that we can collect and the, and the ego, the egoic things that we can actually amass. Talk to us about that, that journey to get to that I am statement, what we can do to inspire other people to find that for themselves. 
Well, when I, I can give you the date when kind of my life turned around. Please. 1985. Uh, and by just a, maybe a godsend uh, coincidence, in the same week, I read a biography of Napoleon Bonaparte and Mother Teresa. Mm. Napoleon Bonaparte, uh, he lived oh, a couple of hundred years ago. And while he was on this planet, he became emperor of France. And this man, he had more power. I mean, he, he ruled most of Europe. He had, let's say, more power, more status. He's an emperor of more money, more sex. I mean, he just had all the worldly goodies that, that life has to offer. He got them by taking. Now let's move over to Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa was the extreme opposite. Uh, she, her, her personal possessions, you know, she didn't own whole countries. No, she owned three cotton saris and the sandals on her feet. Those were her only four possessions. She, she ate the bread of the poor. She spent her life uh, like helping, helping lepers, including being with lepers as they died. Yeah. Now, who was happier? Who had a, a more fulfilled, better life? The person who was famous to this day, you know, 200 years later, uh, and had all, as far as I can tell, every worldly goodie that, that somebody would want. Versus Mother Teresa, who, I mean, she lived in the slums. She, you know, a dying leper is is not a status symbol. No. Um, all right. So who was happier, Napoleon? And I read this in in the in the biographies that changed my life. Napoleon said, "I can't count five happy days in my life." He had wow. all the worldly goods, and it didn't make him happy. Mm -hmm. What about Mother Teresa with her vow of poverty? And, you know, she didn't have, we assume she didn't have sex either. I mean, she just, she describes her life, one of service. She describes it as a feast of unending joy. Mm -hmm. And I thought, yeah, what's a better choice for somebody? A feast of unending joy or can't count five happy days? Beautiful. I love, love that. that. I love that because, you, you know, my, my two second story, Mitzi, is I just sat there one day when I achieved everything that you suppose you want. You got the house, you got the wife, you got the car, everything's paid off, money's coming in. And I just sat there feeling hollow. I yep. was like, I just want to throw up. I'm like, this is it. Is this it? And I went on a little binge of escapism and did things that people do that are foolish. And then I came to and said, no. It's taking my brilliance and sharing it with the world. And my brilliance for me has been coaching others to find their own brilliance. And then we share it. So exactly it. You know, Mother Teresa recognized her ability to be in service to others. You know, you do the same thing as a force for good. Like the moment we see the divine in ourself and our ability to be in service and connect with all those traffickers, those evil, those doing things less than the good in the world will slowly disappear because we're going to shine our light upon them so brightly that they cannot exist any longer. And it does take one person at a time. So when you're over there donating $1.4 million for the generators and there's, there's so much exponential amazingness happening, even just us talking right now, if one person goes, I'm going to donate to this organization or 
I'm going to do something to make a difference or I'm going to volunteer at my kid's school. I don't care what it is. And we're doing something. And I think people have forgotten their power. I really do. I think people have forgotten how forceful they can be for good. I don't know why we've forgotten, but we need to wake the heck up. What do you think of that? Well, I think of something that Frank Purdue used to say. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, this was you know, messages for his kids and grandkids and those who came after. He used to say, if you want to be happy, think what you can do for somebody else. If you want to be mm -hmm. miserable, think what's owed to you. Mm -hmm. And, and somehow that makes me think of, uh, I hope this isn't too political, but Prince Harry and, and Meghan Markle. Yeah. Interesting situations. Well, I, 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 I suspect that they're not happy because I, I think they're wanting, wanting, wanting instead of a life of service. Yeah. And, and also, you, know, you asked how I got to where I am today at 82. I will share something else that influenced me. Uh, I went to school in Boston. I know that you're from Boston, Scott. Mm -hmm. There was a hymn that was, that was sung at my school. And the words that I remember from it were, service to man is the road to God. And so a life of service seems to me like a life of light. And I'm, I'm not saying I achieve it, but it's certainly what I'd like to aim for. Yeah. Got to aim for the shoot for the moon and it, or was it aim for the moon and, and land in the stars? That old, old phrase. I, like I love it. it. I, I want to circle back to uh, the, the Russians MO of destroying the police capability. Yes, absolutely. Uh, part of my, my, my ring, part of the money for it, is going to pay to replace five police speedboats. And that happens to be terribly important in Ukraine because I, I didn't know this, but it's true. Ukraine is a, and this is an expression I just recently heard, Ukraine is a highly rivered country. They have lots of rivers. Hmm. And a lot of crime can go, including trafficking and smuggling and just bad stuff can happen on rivers. And when the police lost their five police speedboats, uh, I, I was asking them, you know, what's what's the best use of the money that, that I'm giving? And they wanted five police boats to replace what got confiscated. And since I'm giving the money for these five police boats and I get to name them in a ceremony next month. Oh, that is amazing. Okay, but let Chris, me just Scott. Um... <laughs> no, I don't want to name it after you because the criterion is it has to be somebody who died. Oh, okay. Then we're going to just pass on that one. Yeah. Right. I thought, Elvis, I thought, I thought, uh, thank you. Thank you. Anyway, appreciate all that, but we'll move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I asked the Ukrainian government to get me, and by the way, they're enthusiastic about this idea. Get me the names of five foreign fighters from five different countries. Uh, and we will name the boats after them. And, and then I, as a writer, uh, I've already written letters to each of the families just to make sure that they're okay with this. But I want to write, I want to write the story of say a guy from Japan or a woman. Can you believe it? There's a woman from, from Brazil. And I just so want to tell her story or, or put differently. It's not that I want to tell her story. I want her story to be known. Mm -hmm. She was a model. She, I mean, she's stark raving, beautiful, but she was also a sharpshooter and she came to Ukraine and, and used her skills as a warrior woman. I kind of like that. Awesome. Uh, but unfortunately, she did die. Well, they're, they're five oh. heroes. 
And uh, one of my goals is I hope when, when I write the stories of why these people gave their lives, you know, it's for freedom, for that their children won't grow up under tyranny, to stop it, you know, at the the border of Russia. Uh, I'm hoping, and I want to use an expression right now that I learned in, while I was in Ukraine. Uh, If you, this is a, a, a real put down for somebody. And tell me if this isn't just remarkably apt. I want to put a porcupine down Putin's trousers. <laughs> Sounds fair. Okay, well these these the the five speedboats named after five heroes, we're going to keep their I mean we're going to try to keep their memories alive and I I have a friend who's going to work with the AP news service and just I mean his his field is public relations. He's going to see that in the country of of each person, like the the woman from Brazil, that these stories get publicized throughout the world. Love that. That's yeah. so amazing. Like to be able to immortalize something positive instead of hyper focusing on something negative. That's exactly it. It's like to, to have somebody self sacrificing in service to a point that their life was lost, but then they can still be eternal for everything they were. Like all those verbs and adjectives were were they loving family members? Were they brave were they courageous were they wonderful like that stuff will live on and inspire others to be that that's just that's i that's awesome i'm so excited for you well i i have a theory of life that one of the greatest oh this applies to both of you but one of the greatest gifts one human being can give another is inspiration yes and i'm hoping these stories will be inspirational yeah and i'm getting the best feeling with the people i'm in contact with the government of ukraine because uh they like this project and they make me feel really good about it it's awesome what are what are some things that are surprising you about you know we see the news flashes on the news and everything else but what are things that surprised you personally from these these visits that you've made there that perhaps you could share with us back here at home who might not know about i mean perhaps the 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 attitude and the morale of humanity over there and things of that nature because i know from my friends who've experienced the croatian and serbia war and some other things like that the resiliency of the people to withstand what's going on is amazing talk to us about that Okay, I I don't understand where they get such strength. Mm. Uh, As as a simple little example, I I mentioned that I experienced being cold. Uh, That was for a couple of days. What's it like to be in fear and cold and not know if your country's going to survive and and still... Well, I want to share with you something that I observed, and I want to know if it's still true, but... uh, the women that I met there, or even that I saw, whether it was, um, I don't know, in a restaurant or a ladies' room or, or wherever, then I felt as if every woman that I saw was keeping up her appearances and wearing fingernail polish. And I, I, talked, with a, um, I, I talked with a guy, he's a sociologist, a professor, whose particular specialty, he's in, he's in England. I talked with him about how surprised I was about how 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 under just unthinkable circumstances women would still allow beauty into their lives <clears throat> and he said it's actually well known that that's a survival mechanism and he told me a story yeah. that uh, he he said he could he could tell you know 100 different stories 
on the same theme, but but a very famous one is there's a guy who was being starved to death in one of the concentration camps, but he used to uh, save little crumbs. You know, I think he ended up weighing like 100 pounds or something, but mm. he would save little crumbs from the food that he did get because a bird would visit him every day. Oh. And the bird would, you know, make off with the crumbs. But for him, the chance to see some beauty was a reason uh, to live. And and he said, uh, again, am I allowed to use strong you, language if it's... You can use all, of course, you can say anything. Okay, he said, <clears throat> the women may not realize what they're doing, but here's what's going on. Uh, by refusing to be just distraught and undone by the pressures that they're under by still having beauty in their lives. And I'm holding up my fingers as if I'm wearing fingernail polish, which I'm not, yeah. um, but they were. He said, it's a giant fuck you to Putin. I knew it. Yeah, I'll do my fingernails for that. <laughs> um, I got my toenails done. Does that count? I wanted, you know, there was two parts to your question, whether whether you meant it or not. You know, one was what was, uh, what what I thought of the morale, but there, there was something else that surprised me and kind of life-changing, or at least the direction of my life. And that is, as, as I was driving by some of the villages where, where people were there, but the Ukrainians have some of those beautiful playgrounds you've ever seen, you know, cute, like, toy houses and slides that look like, I don't know, they're, they're just attractive. Yeah. But there were no kids playing there. And yeah. I commented on this to Irina, and Irina said, one of the things that the Russians love to do to demoralize people is they will hide landmines that might look like a leaf. If it's summer, the landmine's going to be the shape of a leaf and it's plastic and it won't get picked up by a detector. Uh, and it will just blend in with the other leaves. If it's summer, if it, it's green, if it's fall, it will be sort of brown and yellow. Wow. And uh, the, the parents are afraid to have their kids go to the, the playgrounds. Uh, and so I got interested in landmines because what she's describing was landmines. She said, and I hope I've got the figures right, but if I've got them wrong and you know better, adjust it. But I think they said that a typical landmine that a child would step on has 10 grams or the equivalent of 10 paper clips of explosives. And that's enough to take a child's foot off, maim the child for life. And they don't want to kill the child because if the child's still alive, that means a parent's got to be taking care of them for, for life. And that means that that parent isn't either fighting or contributing to the economy. Wow. I mean, is that is that not as horrible as it gets? That's mind-blowing. I didn't even know that was going on. Uh, they, they told I, I talked, well, I, I am going to mind-clearing school to learn more about this. And if you'd be kind enough to invite me back in a few months, I'll tell 100%. you. Yeah, I'll tell you what mind clearing school is like. <laughs> Ukraine right now today has more minds in it than any any country in the world or any country in history. Wow. And one of one of the particularly evil things that they do is the Russians. They have these machines that can fire from rockets. Each rocket, there might be fifty rockets on the back of a truck. And inside each rocket can be a hundred landmines, and they just they can spray these landmines over a thirteen mile radius, and they're going to dial in the 
the coordinates of the most productive agricultural land. Mm. And somewhere between 30 and 40 percent of Russia's, of Ukraine's prime agricultural land right now can't be farmed. Wow. And that, that's horrible on three levels. It's, it's horrible for the farmer who can't earn a living. It's horrible for Ukraine because, you know, there go the taxes, there goes the foreign exchange. And then for countries like Egypt or Bangladesh or Pakistan. You're lying. Mm -hmm. uh, th there's less food available. I've seen it when I was out in Europe. Like there's, there's countries that are saying, oh, you know, all of our weed or whatever came from Ukraine. And we can't even like, it was, I forget where it just was. I was somewhere. I think it was when I was in, in um, I know it actually was. It was, I was either in Croatia or Germany. They said it, there was a certain product they didn't have because they, the Ukraine had provided it. Wow. And it was in December. They said that, yeah, we're not going to have that again because we can't get it for the same cost. It was literally because they had a trade rub or whatever. Fertilizer. Could have been something like fertilizers. There's a, like there's a nitrogen or potash or. Yeah. There was definitely some stuff that they had that was like very cheap. And because of like the, the trade was like moving, like it's influential in a lot of different countries where they're losing product because of that. So they're, they're screwing up like world trade too. And, and that impacts people's ability to eat, which is crazy. I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I see a lot of signs that, that there could be famine in the, in the coming year. But back to landmines, and I, I mentioned back it. to another positive subject: landmines. This is positive. Let's do something about it. And the oldest, okay. largest landmine clearance charity—it's called the Halo Trust. And some of our audience may remember that Princess Diana once walked through a minefield. Uh, the the organization that she was supporting is the Halo Trust. And that's exactly uh, where I'm raising money for the Halo Trust. And I've, we want to raise $300,000. We've raised 100000 so far. And a lot of it is in increments of, of $25 or even $5. You know, just a lot of people are supporting it. And I, you know, a donation of any size is just enormously meaningful because for $300,000, we can pay for 18 landmine clearers to clear mines for half a year. Wow. And just for one kid, you know, not to be able to go back to the park and just really live and, and just be a kid for crying out loud, and not get the risk of, you know, having a limb blown off. It's just crazy. Yeah. And just think about the psychological impacts of what, what's taking place, which is with the pandemic here in the United States with kids, you capitalize that over in Ukraine. And what are these, I mean, the, the mental health support has got to be through the ceiling, I would hope. Well, I'm impressed that you got something that was new to me. But uh, if you live in an area where there are landmines, you will have PTSD. Yeah. Because you know your your kid goes out in the morning, or your husband or wife goes out in the morning. In the morning, you can't be sure that they'll return because yeah, they may step on something or they may trip something. It's 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 actually horrifying that we as human beings use this and you know these different gases and just just nuclear all the things that we've built with the intent to kill other human beings when we're just one humanity and yes. so hopefully we can say the we are forces for good and we can start making some changes right now through some donations through individual actions and and again sometimes the the first thing we do is clear that which we've done 
and simultaneously replace that with some better behaviors and not be putting landmines out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my hope is that that there will be children who won't be maimed for life or parents who's please aren't aren't heartbroken for life. Can't imagine. I can't even imagine. Well, guys, we've been going for almost 45 minutes in this conversation. Mitzi, I've had the uh, donation link uh, scrolling across the bottom of the most of the show where people okay. can go there and donate uh, to your link. Where can people get in continue to get to hold of you and learn more about what it is that you're doing and read the articles that you are so eloquently writing? Okay, please come to my website. It's mitziperdue.com. And I do answer emails. And But if you go to donorc.com, uh, you'll have a chance to write a note to me and I answer those daily and I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And that's donor C for those of you who are listening on the podcast, it's the word donor D O N O R S E E.com forward slash Ukraine. Yes, yes, yes. And it'll be, all of this will be in the show notes for everybody just to be able to click on. Mitzi, this has been an amazing conversation having you back. We appreciate you so much. I love your fire and your tenacity and the fact that you're you're living your I am statement every single day of your life and that you've been on this journey to be able to realize that giving of service is one of the most incredible opportunities that we have as, as, as souls having this human experience. Thank you for being here on the Unfiltered Experience. And we look forward to seeing what happens in your land clearing school. Please, please, please be careful. Uh, and we yes. would love to have you back here and to give us an update on everything that's going on over there. But thank you again for being here with us. It's been my joy. Thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. We're going to place you backstage. Don't go anywhere because Scott and I are going to finish out the show. We'd still love to have a little chat with you. But thank you for being here with us here on the Unfiltered Experience. Bye. Wow, Scott, what a tremendous conversation. I knew that could go in so many different directions, but just to hear so what's going on firsthand experience of what's going on in the Ukraine, you know, our brothers and sisters over there, we're all, like you said, we're all humanity. It just breaks my heart to think about the people that are, that are going without and struggling and still trying to make a life for their kids and for themselves and wondering day to day, are they going to be there? I can't even imagine what kind of existence that must be like, but what I can imagine it does is it narrows the focus on what's important so myopically and i think that's probably a gift for a lot of people who 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 kind of needed this war i guess maybe too and i get chills when i think about it kind of maybe needed this down period to realize what is most important what do you think this is what i think is going on right now and and i hear you and I, I agree i think one of the things that's happening in this world is the the world and those who are not subscribing to the i am a force for good people are realizing that control AK, why we have war in the first place is really something in the mind. So the new war is propaganda. And I think that Mitzi is right on point. So let's pretend regardless of whatever it is that you believe, if you believe Russia's bad, if you believe Zelensky's bad, if you believe this party's bad, what lies underneath that? There's human beings just like you. There's a child who wants to play in a park today and can't. There's a person who's going to lose their electricity and can't even cook dinner for the family and they are cold. And you might say, oh, they're cold. Well, this, this, this. Here's the deal. We have people in this world who are struggling, who are just like us. You've got $25 to donate to this charity so a child doesn't lose a limb. Consider that because I think it's a beautiful place to spend your money. And this is a woman who just sat on our show to tell you her most priceless possession on earth beside her family, friends, and everyone she loves. She gave away so that these people can have a better life. So if you can throw anything at that, it's going to be hugely impactful and we love you for it.
Yes, couldn't agree anymore, Scott. And for you guys out there watching and listening to this, the action item for you guys in this particular conversation is to think about your I am statement. Who are you? You're not, you're not a wife, you're not a daughter, you're not a, a librarian, you're not a, an accountant. Who are you? What's your mission? What's your value in this world that you want to have remembered for you when your legacy is, is, is there? Not when you're physically not here anymore. What do you want to be remembered for? What actions, what, what, uh, what impact do you want to be remembered for? And then think about that I am statement. Like I am love, you know, I am change. I am opportunity. I am whatever it is it might be for yourself. And then go out there and live that every single day with the actions that you take. And you will see a change in your life. You'll see more harmonious uh, relationships happening. You'll see more confidence, more inner peace with yourself because now you're not so, so distracted by all the other things, the egoic things that happen in life. You're able to sit there and focus on what's most important and be laser focused on that. Like Mitzi is. So we encourage you guys to go out there and do that. We are here for you, Scott and I all the time. If you're lonely, if you're frustrated, if you're at wit's end, please reach out to us. I know I've got a lot of my friends out there that are struggling right now. So Scott and I are here for you that we mean that from the bottom of our hearts, reach out to us. You guys can always access on our, our social medias. And for those of you guys that might be new to the show, always go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com, theunfilteredexperience.com. Go there, join our Facebook community, see what's going on. We've got this amazing show, uh, the season of, of shows going on right now, all about I am statements and, and getting to the core of who we are in our identification with ourselves, much more than an egoic and a, and a materialistic aspect. So we appreciate you guys being here. We're going to be back here again next Friday, again, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as always, uh, bringing you another amazing guest, another opportunity to expand your horizons and to have an unfiltered, amazing life. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back here next week. Go out here and be brilliant. See you next time on The Unfiltered